Welcome to the Truth For Today podcast with your host, Joseph Franta, international minister, speaker, and Bible school instructor. Stay tuned for today's episode. Welcome to Truth For Today. I'm your host, Joseph David Franta of Joseph Franta Ministries, and today we're going to look at Bible prophecy. Uh, Two-thirds of the Bible, approximately, is prophecy. Prophecy is foretelling about future events that will happen, that will occur. So we're going to get into what I believe is the bedrock of Bible prophecy, and I'm going to give you a verse in the book of Isaiah, chapter 28, verse 16, and this verse would have to be the central hub of all Bible prophecy. And you'll see why as we go along. In Isaiah 28, 16, it says, Therefore thus says the Lord God, Behold, I am laying in Zion a stone, a tested stone, a costly cornerstone for the foundation, firmly placed. He who believes will not be disturbed or disappointed. Why is this the bedrock or hub of Bible prophecy, this particular verse? Because it all started with Jesus Christ. He was foretold by all the Old Testament prophets, and of course, he fulfilled their prophecies about his first coming, and of course, they prophesied about his second coming as well. Uh, and there are a lot of prophecies both in the Old and New Testament regarding that. And we're going to get into that today too. But I want you to see how God started the whole prophetic uh, message uh, to the world. And it was by laying a stone in Zion. I'm going to read it again in the New American Standard Bible. Isaiah 28:16. Therefore, thus says the Lord, behold, I am laying in Zion a stone, that's Israel, a tested stone, a costly cornerstone for the foundation, firmly placed. He who believes in it will not be disturbed. So, you know, there's plenty of things to be disturbed about today, but if you have your eyes on Jesus and you have your eyes on the Word of God, you'll not be disturbed. In fact, you'll be excited uh, because you'll see that the culmination of all things, uh, the summaration of all things is coming to pass, and it's coming to pass very rapidly. Uh, it's like light speed right now in the realm of the Spirit, where we're beginning to see all the events leading up to the second coming of Christ uh, unfolding before our very eyes. And I want to go on here with 1 Peter chapter 2, because Peter mentions the same verse. Anytime anything is mentioned numerous times, it's of great importance. God wouldn't have put it in his word numerous times if it wasn't really important to understand. So in 1 Peter chapter 2, and I'm going to start in verse 4, uh, we're going to see Peter's understanding of that verse in Isaiah 28, 16. And coming to him, him is Jesus Christ, he's referring to here, 
And coming to him as to a living stone, now he's a living stone because he rose from the dead, which has been rejected by men, largely rejected by men and the world powers uh, and empires of all the ages that have preceded us, rejected by men, but is choice and precious in the sight of God. So this stone that was laid in Zion uh, was a stone of stumbling to men and a rock of offense. But in God's eyes, it says it was a choice and precious stone. It was choice and precious in the sight of God. And then it goes on in verse 5, you also as living stones, talking about the church, believers in Jesus Christ, and you also as living stones, because we have received eternal life, we have received the life of the Spirit of God, the Spirit of life on the inside of us. We are new creations, uh, born of the Spirit of God, created by uh, created in the image of Christ, created by God through His Spirit, through the working of His Spirit, when He raised Christ from the dead, you also as living stones are being built up as a spiritual house. Now, this is God's whole uh, plan and purpose for the church, is to be a spiritual house, not a, not a man-made organization, uh, not, not a man, not an organization that is uh, a naturally formed organization by the art and skill of man. No, he has created the church as living stones and we're being built up as a spiritual house for a holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. So the Bible says that we are a royal priesthood and we'll get into that a little bit later. Now in verse six, Peter, the Apostle Peter, who walked so closely with Jesus. For this is contained in Scripture. So he mentioned Scripture to authenticate these truths, because if it's written in Scripture, it is authored by the Spirit of God. All Scripture is inspired by God and profitable for correction, teaching, instruction, and training in righteousness, that the man of God woman of God may be adequate, equipped for every good deed. Now, and this is contained in Scripture. Behold, I lay in Zion. That's a place in the earth. It's a place in the earth uh, in Israel. It's literally uh, where Jerusalem is built. Behold, I lay in Zion a choice stone, a precious cornerstone. So here now, he talks about a choice stone. Uh, in Isaiah, he talked about a costly stone. And then Peter goes on and says, a precious cornerstone, a sure foundation. And he who believes in him will not be disappointed because you're not going to be basing your uh, perceptions, your beliefs, uh, your life on uh, the state of the world system, which is collapsing before our very eyes. We're in the beginning of a lot of birth pangs, and we're in the beginning of a great upheaval of the Babylonian world system, and we are going to see that the church will survive this shaking uh, quite nicely, but the world will not. They will be devastated 
by the fall of Babylon, the fall of the economic Babylonian system. They'll be devastated by the, uh, the wars and all the rumors of wars, by the earthquakes, uh, by the floods, by the pestilences, the plagues, and uh, you know, by the desperation of people in the latter time or the uh, end of time, end of days. And we're not in that category. The Bible says that we are a royal priesthood, a holy nation, uh, a chosen generation that God has called out to show forth the excellencies of him who has called us out of this darkness of this age into his marvelous light. And we're going to get into this today, too. There's some marvelous prophecies. I hope to have the time to get into uh, Revelation uh, a little bit on these things, Revelation 2 and 3. And it says, for this is contained in Scripture. And the Bible says Scripture cannot be broken. The Scripture cannot be broken. So once God has brought forth His Word and written His Word and spoken His Word and communicated His Word to His prophets and apostles, it cannot be broken. It will surely come to pass just like every Word of God will. And it says, for this is contained in Scripture. Behold, I lay in Zion a choice stone, a precious cornerstone, and he who believes in him will not be disappointed. This precious value. Now, how much do you value your salvation and the one who accomplished your salvation, the one who paid the price for all of your sins and my sins to be forgiven, cleansed, and purged or removed from our lives? This is the greatest news, the good news. This is the power of the gospel that anyone who believes in Jesus Christ and puts their faith in him, their sins are removed or remitted, cleansed forever. To him who loves us and released us from our sins by his blood. So when you accept Christ as Lord and Savior of your life, you are delivered from the domain of darkness, and you're transferred into the kingdom of God's beloved Son, in whom we have redemption, even the forgiveness of sins. In other words, we pass from one realm, the realm of darkness, to the realm of light where Jesus lives and Jesus rules and where God's kingdom thrives. So we're not in uh, the kingdom of darkness as a Christian, as a believer. We're in the kingdom of light the kingdom of love, the kingdom of prosperity, the kingdom of increase, the kingdom of God that's full of light and love and health and healing. And uh, it's the greatest place to be positioned and to live on this earth. God's kingdom is on this earth. We were gonna, we're gonna see the amplification of God's kingdom in the millennial rule but God's kingdom is here right now in the form of the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now in verse 7, 1 Peter 2, 7, this precious value then is for you who believe. But for those who disbelieve, the stone which the builders rejected, this became the very cornerstone or the chief of the corner. And a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense. Why do they stumble over this stone? Because Jesus is the truth teller, the truth giver. He is the way, the truth, and the life. And people that don't 
uh, adhere to truth or receive truth or acknowledge truth. They stumble over the truth to their own demise. And this is what we're engaged in today is a battle over the truth. First of all, there is truth. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And Paul said, the truth is in Jesus. And there's many other scriptures that talk about the God of truth, the God of righteousness, the God of justice. And so here, it says here, for they stumble because they are disobedient to the word. That's why people stumble over the Bible. They want to eradicate the word of God. They want to eradicate the Bible. Get rid of the Bible all, out of all the children's books, out of all the libraries, because they're disobedient to the word. They do not want to submit to the word of God. They do not want to adhere to the word of God. They do not want to receive the truth, and they don't want anybody else to receive the truth either. In fact, the Bible goes on and says that these evil people suppress the truth in unrighteousness. That's right, they censor the truth from being told so that other men can be saved and delivered from the power of darkness and transferred into the kingdom of God's beloved Son with all of their sins forgiven, all of their sins cleansed, so they can be released from their sins and given the gift of righteousness before God, a holy, righteous standing before God, a perfect standing before God, a perfect peace with God. These are truths that people need to understand, that this life is very short, for one thing. James said, uh, every man's life is like a vapor that appears for a little while and then vanishes away. David said in the Psalms, every man's life is like a mere breath. when it comes to eternity. We're talking about eternity, people. We're talking about God inhabiting eternity. The eternal one. The everlasting one. Even from everlasting to everlasting. The God of the Bible. The God of truth and love and kindness, and generosity, the forgiving God, the compassionate God. But he is a God of truth, and he is a God of justice, and all men will face the truth someday. Some people say, well, I don't believe that. I don't believe, uh, you know, the Bible. I don't believe uh, that that is truth. Someday, as the Bible says, every knee will bow, and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. So you might as well receive the truth now, because if you receive it later, you'll be indebted to it. But if you, if you receive it now, the truth will make you free. Jesus said, you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. John 8, 32. So we're talking about prophetic scriptures today. We're talking about truth, about what God has foretold in his word is going to happen and is in fact happening and will happen. And then in verse nine, I'll repeat it again. Well, let's just go to verse nine in 1 Peter two. 
But you are a chosen race or a chosen generation, depending on the translation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for God's own possession, so that you may proclaim the excellencies of him, the glories of God, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. That's what God's done through Christ. Call us out of darkness into his marvelous light. I want to go to Ephesians chapter 2 now. And we're discussing prophecy. The stone that God laid in Zion, the costly stone, the precious cornerstone, the tried stone, the tested stone, of our salvation, the rock. In another place it says, of our salvation. Now in Ephesians chapter two, and I think I'll just back up to Ephesians chapter one, in verse 10. It says that, well let's back up to verse nine. He made known to us the mystery of his will according to his kind intention, which he purposed in, in him, in Christ, with a view to an administration suitable to the fullness of the times or the climax of the ages, that is the summing up of all things in Christ. This is, what, this is the work of the Holy Spirit of God. He is summing up all things in Christ. And if you're in Christ, you're safe, you're secure, you're accepted in the beloved, but if you're outside of Christ, you will receive the wages of sin. Which is death, spiritual death, separation from God. with a view to an administration suitable to the fullness of the times. What administration is that? The administration of the kingdom of God that will replace all these uh, fractured, corrupt administrations of man. With a view to an administration suitable to the fullness of the times, that is the summing up of all things in Christ, Things in the heavens and things on the earth. You see, part of the church is in heaven, the ones that have gone on, and the other part of the church is here on the earth. So we'll all be summed up, all the believers will be summed up in Christ. In other words, we'll be found in Him, blameless, holy, righteous, faithful and true, then it says here in verse 11, also we have obtained an inheritance, having been predestined according to his purpose, who works all things, who works all things after the counsel of his will. I think this is a tremendously prophetic word. God works all things according to this word here. He works all things 
after the counsel of his will. People say, well, you know, we don't see God on the earth today. Oh, really? God made the earth and everything in it. The sun, the moon, the stars, the oceans, the trees, the mountains, the rivers, the lakes, every living thing, all the animal kingdom, and of course his crowning achievement, mankind. We don't see God on the earth. You must be totally, totally blind not to see God. And you say, well, how can you say that? Well, okay, let's go to Romans chapter one. Because God's made it evident to all men of his existence. Man is without excuse. In Romans 1.20, it says, for since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood through what has been made so that they are without excuse. So no man who's living is without excuse for not acknowledging God as the creator. Verse 21, for even though they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks, but they became futile in their speculations. Boy, do we see a lot of futile or vain or empty speculations today? They become futile in their speculations and their foolish heart was darkened. Yeah, because if you don't accept truth, then you don't accept light entering into your heart and therefore by default you live in darkness and your foolish heart is darkened. Professing to be wise, they became fools. Now, you say, why are you sharing this? Because you know what? There's a lot of people that profess to be wise in their own eyes. But they have no fear or reverence for God himself. The Bible says the fool has said in his heart there is no God because there's so much evidence, even in the natural realm, of God's existence. True science proves God's existence over and over and over again, right down to the minute atom and all the molecules that make up an atom. Professing to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of the incorruptible God for an image in the form of corruptible man and of birds and four-footed animals and crawling creatures. Therefore, God gave them up or over to the lusts of their hearts to impurity so that their bodies would be dishonored among them. For they exchanged the truth of God for a lie. Now, the Bible talks about the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. And they're both very active on the, on the earth today. The gospel is being preached throughout the earth today, and that's the spirit of truth, bringing the truth about Jesus Christ, his death, burial, and resurrection. But there's also a spirit of error that denies Christ. That also, that spirit of error is also an antichrist spirit it comes against the truth. It comes against the Spirit of God. 
it comes against the people of God and tries to set up a Babylonian kingdom that does not acknowledge God in any of its levels. And I want, I want to just, oh boy, I tell you what. Let's go, to, let's go to Psalm 122, first of all. 118. I'm sorry, Psalm 118, 22. There's so much here. Psalm 118, verse 22. We're talking about the stone. Behold, I lay in Zion a stone, a costly stone, a tried stone, a precious cornerstone, a sure foundation, or a firm foundation. He who believes in him will not be moved. Now, in Psalm 118, verse 22, let's go back to verse 19 to get the context. Open to me the gates of righteousness. I shall enter through them. I shall give thanks to the Lord. This is the gate of the Lord. Oh, the gate of the Lord where you enter in to a relationship with God? Yes, indeed. This is the gate of the Lord. The righteous will enter through it. In other words, they choose to receive Christ, acknowledge him as their Lord and Savior. So they choose to enter in to the gate of the Lord, which is really the gate of heaven. Jesus talked about it being the, uh, the narrow gate or the narrow way, the small gate and the narrow way. This is the gate of the Lord. The righteous will enter through it. I shall give thanks to you for you have answered me and you have become my salvation. So salvation is a person, Jesus Christ. You cannot have salvation and eternal life apart from Jesus Christ. He is eternal life and talks very clearly about that in John chapter 17, verses one through three. He is eternal life. There is salvation in no one else. For there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. The God who created the heavens and the earth sent his son to save us from our sins. They shall call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. And then he goes on and says this, the stone which the builders rejected, oh, we're back at the stone again. The stone which the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone. This is the Lord's doing, and it is marvelous in our eyes. This is the day which the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. It's not talking about every day. It's talking about the day that God planted the stone in Zion. Oh, let's look at it again. Let's look at it again. The stone which the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone. This is the Lord's doing. It is marvelous in our eyes. This is the day, the day that God laid the foundation in Zion of Jesus Christ as the chief cornerstone. This is the day which the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in, and be glad in it. O oh Lord, do save. Jesus saves. We beseech you, O oh Lord, we beseech you, do send prosperity. I tell you what, there's no one that has the blessing of prosperity like Jesus Christ. He is the all-sufficient one. 
The Bible says he is God Almighty and he is El Shaddai, the all-sufficient one. That talks about prosperity to me if you're all-sufficient. Why are we going through all these things in America right now? Because we rejected the stone which God laid in Zion, the costly stone, the tried stone, the, the precious cornerstone. So you move away from God and guess what? Prosperity is removed from your life. All the blessings of God are in Jesus Christ. Every blessing. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. By rejecting Christ, you're rejecting every spiritual and physical blessing. That's why we're struggling today, because we've moved away from the sure foundation, the firm foundation of the truth of Jesus Christ. Thank you for tuning in today or being here tonight. Thank you for listening to the truth for today broadcast. May God open our eyes and our hearts to receive the light of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. See you next time. Bye-bye.